0: Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message, and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. I want to say it's really great. Good morning, good morning. It's really great being here. There's no question about it. These are here making me cry, but uh, it's, yeah, so... We are of that generation who is going after God hard, yet his yoke is easy, his burden is light. There's nothing like discovering God actually is real and that going to church is not just religion. And um, I thank God for this relationship. And you and your standards. You're the generation that's going to take it. You and the doctor and the family. I mean, look, let's face it. Um, This whole company is not playing around. I I want to thank you, Pastor Bruce, for you and Steph coming down here with me or just flying down here. And he had that in his heart, so I invited him. I've been telling him about you guys. Now, you know from what he's shown you, I've, I've done the huge meetings and, and I've preached in a lot of the mega churches. I don't care about that. What I care about is the authentic. And while the culture seems to be retrograde, going backwards, The path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. You cannot tell what God is doing by listening to the news every day. I don't care who's speaking unless he's speaking for God with the reference point of the Bible it is still clearly nonsense. I don't care how intelligent it sounds. Because he's the creator of everything. And I, I really want you to be impacted by the reality of the Holy Spirit so that you realize this life is only a preparation for forever. And I'm just saying to you, you're not going to die This is the Bible. Your body wears out, but the real you is going to live forever. And what I don't want is that you would go into the next world unprepared. I'm not talking about by uh, the fact that you're going to go to heaven. I'm talking about knowing how to function as an eternal being. And you got to pay attention to it. And the Bible is all about it. So what I discovered as I look at the Bible and I listen to even my contemporary preachers, I mean, I i, I mean, I know a lot of these guys. They're well-studied. They're theologian. I understand hermeneutics, which is the science of interpreting the Bible. I could do you a five-point apologetics on almost any subject. I'm not going to do that. I, I look in the Bible. Jesus didn't do it. Paul didn't do it. The apostles didn't do it. They didn't have these points to exegete a subject. Jesus was the reality of God. Paul got transformed, you know, by the reality of God. Here he was. We'd gone to the high priest, and he got permission to kill Christians, and God met Paul. He, a rabbi, he had gone through rabbinic training. He was the intelligentsia. He was trained by Gamaliel, the smartest, one of the smartest religious leaders of his time. And he had already killed Christians. He was going to kill them in Acts 9 and go, he met God. God knocked him off his high horse. Now this was a killer. This, is, this was greater than COVID, people. This, 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 he was a killer of Christians. And then Christians feared Paul. They knew that he didn't. He wasn't in agreement with God or them. His solution was to kill him. Here comes my woman. She's walking a little slower right now. Come on, baby. That's my woman, though. Yeah. I'm just, that's just saying. I, that's right now. And I don't mind. You know, I'm, I'm standing against it. She's, you know, like I, you, some of you know in 2002, uh, she had a stroke and brain surgery on the left side, that left side. So way back then, they said, doc, she wasn't supposed to walk. She couldn't see out of the left side. Her speech center was gone. They said, I mean, the doctor and the nurse before that operation told me she's, she, that's it. That's what it was. It blank, bullet clot. And so since 2002, she's been traveling with me all over the world. And the devil is a liar. Yeah. So now she's getting weak. I can see she's getting weaker. I'm fighting it. I'm not in denial about it. I'm not trying to make her out to be something. I'm fighting it. I, that's my woman. That's, that's what I got right now. And I'm fighting the devil hell and believing the Lord in the natural to get her stronger. So I'm not like postulating and profiling. Yes, I know she's, she's weaker, but she got me. She got me. I'm not asking my children to do it. I'm not hiring a nurse to do it. Not bringing in right now. I'm not saying I may not need one. It's not likely because I'm living hard for God and the Holy Ghost is real to me. So this is what you got right now. So I, I'm not embarrassed by her uh, or anything. We were late this morning because she got lost coming from the elevator down to the first floor in the hotel. She's lost. We got to find her for 15 minutes. So what? I don't care. I mean, the pastor was okay with me uh, being late, but that's what happened. But that's my woman. It's My woman had been married to her. 47 years. That's, that's going on. That's going out there. Yes. That's all right. And we were high school sweethearts, so we've been in love for 57 years. 57. And it seems like yesterday to me. I mean, that just, I mean, yes, don't worry about nothing, baby. I got you. And our children, you know, you know they're saying, well, we want to come and live near us. We want to take care of you. That's all wonderful and everything. But right now, I'm hitting it. I'm like, not hitting it. I'm hitting it. I'm hitting it. I'm going from city to city. I'm going from nation to nation. I've already alerted certain nations in Switzerland. I'm going, looks like I'm going to go to Zambia as as it opens up. I've already let South Africa know, Germany know. So look, so right now the U.S. got me because I can't go outside of it. But right now, so I'm going to hit it until... Either I die a martyr, I die of old age, but I'm not, I don't believe in retirement. That's nonsense. There's no retirement in the Bible. There's no retirement in the Bible. That's yes. yes, right. I'm fighting. I'm fighting. So I don't, I don't mind being old. I don't care. It doesn't matter at all. So I just want to just say this. So I, my wife came in and sort of interrupted one of the points that I was making. I got a lot of points to make. But uh, I want to say this. So in Acts 9, God knocked, the, knocked Paul off his high horse. Now you figure, I mean, he was, a, he was a rabbi. He was actually killing Christians. So you think COVID is something to be afraid of. You, you had to be afraid of him because he was not playing. He wasn't going to just punish you for being a Christian. He's going to kill you. I mean, you're going to kill me because I love Jesus? Yeah, because the, pre, the thinking of that nation was which religion was the valid religion. And in that case, it was religion. Paul was serving something that was done away with under the rabbinic rabbinic order. That wasn't while God had ordained things to continue. So Jesus comes as the antitype of the type. All those laws, statutes, covenants, ordinances, they all pointed to him. Search the scriptures and then you think you have eternal life? These are they that testify of me. He was the perfected person of the letter of scripture. So that's why you can see guys who know theology, who really very intelligent, have a master of the language, sound like right. They really know what they're talking about and not close to God. And the way it's clear to me is when I look at this Bible and I look at the, the front cover of it, this happens to be a Schofield Bible. Now here you have... Um, Schofield was a contemporary, as I've told you this before, of Moody. And they would both go in the, C.I. Schofield, they would both go to the Moody meetings because Moody became the giant of the U.S. and he would have these meetings in two places, in England um, and also in in northern the U.S. The Keswick revival and the Northfield revivals, he would have them. But one of the guys that showed up at his meeting is C.I. Schofield. But these guys didn't. They weren't like us. We have the meetings. and say, oh, this is a great meeting. We just come to get the teaching. These guys were trying to find out who had the valid truth that we could follow. Guys like E.W. Kenyon was there. Uh, m- many theologians. But this is the point I'm going to make. Even though C.I. Schofield went to those meetings and he was searching for God and truth in that way. I mean, you read Isaiah 53. He says that with his stripes ye he are healed did not relate to physical healing. That Jesus didn't, I mean, he had it in his commentary. He I mean, how can you be a theologian? The word, the actual Hebrew word, Schofield, actually meant healing. You, you, it wasn't a matter of being either or, it was a matter of being both and. Feel, healing the physical body is nothing but a portal to your dedication. To be healed spiritually because of Adam's transgression, there was a regression. Listen, people, get, get a hold of me. I, I'm talking to you real right now. But look, when Adam fell into sin, when people explain the Bible, which says all have sinned, Acts, I mean Romans three twenty three, and come short of the glory, so we say, well, okay, sin. That means you do stuff bad. You do stuff bad. No, no, no. He through one man's transgression. Sin came into the world and death by sin. But watch this. All Adam did was one act of disobedience. From that one act of disobedience, because he was the progenitor of the creation, meaning what Adam was and God, the whole earth was going to become. So if Adam's sin let sin in, now he's both righteous and unrighteous. Guess what? He would then be a carrier of that, carrier of that to his children. So now, instead of the earth being righteous because God said to him, "I make you in my image, after my likeness," now this is the Bible. It's, it's, it's the Bible. So now, be, let this be real to you in a minute. So, uh, so I make you to be like me. Can you imagine what it was and the ability of a man made in the image of God without sin in his life? What was his capabilities? What could he do? Well, I've explained that to you before. I've even used, I've gone, I asked you to look with me at this word, let us make man. I said, look the word make up in Hebrew. And I'm not trying to get you to be a Hebrew scholar, but you got to know definitions. And just particularly, and the word make actually gives you the competency of this man, Adam. And, and I remember, I told you that word is asah, A-S-A-H, pronounced like A-W-S-A-H. Asah, like the Asian people, when you tell them something and they get it, they say, asah, asah, asah. Yes, that's, what it, that's how you pronounce it, asah. But it means cognitive ability. It means knowledge. It means understanding. It means achievement. It means complete. Watch this. One of the words that thing means is to fly. And I gave you that. So the question that I'm answering for you is, what was the capability of a man made in the image of God without sin in his life? What was this capability? Well, Jesus comes as the last Adam. You read that in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, see? So where Adam sinned and therefore retrograded that word means to go backwards so from the time he fell he was now setting a bad example of what it means to be unlike God so now he becomes the father of the God the ungodly see this is huge when I discovered as a ghetto and gutter person the Bible was real and that people that read the Bible evidently don't believe is real. They're not trying to live it all the way out. You mean I'm born again now? So 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, a new creature. What do you mean a new creature? I'm already living. He's talking about eternally, invisibly, actually the spiritual part of you. you that's new. And so, therefore, the impetus, the priorities of your life becomes different. The competency and ability of your life becomes different. Why did you have to get born again? Because of Adam's sin. Because now, instead of naturally being godly, holy, being able to, watch, God gave him authority over everything. Everything that flies, everything that's in the sea, everything that's on the earth. How could one man have authority over everything? Because God created everything, and then he was the highlight, the, the creme de la creme of creation. And God never said this about anybody and, but except Adam. Let us make man in my image after my likeness. So watch this. So Adam was made by the declaration of God on how to be like God without trying. His thinking was godly. His conversation was godly. His power, be, his power was godly. See, the reason that the, the sin of Adam in that garden was so egregious is because he had responsibility. Look, one man made in the image of God was going to be over a whole planet. Think of it that way. Since young people are into the, you know, planetary travel and all that stuff, well, this is what you got. God, Adam made this one man to be over the whole planet and that everything that was going to come into the earth after Adam was going to be of his progeny of him. So watch. So then God made Adam to be like him. And then in chapter two of Genesis verse seven, he then, well, he said, he said that, well, let me read it. Just let me read it. I'm, 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 no, I won't, I won't. You, you read it. And, and, and it says, And God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, look, the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So then, wait a minute. Who were you talking to then, God? Before that, in chapter 1 and verse 28 of Genesis, God says, he says, And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, subdue it. So he gives Adam the competency level of the creation itself. But then he said, God said unto them, well, who's the them? See, so therefore, so when when God said, let us make man, he wasn't just talking genetically. He was talking about the creation itself. Man becomes the first physical being that God made, but he was looking also to the woman. So, so this is the point. God makes the man out of dirt. He makes the woman out of the man. Do you get that? Chapter 2 of Genesis. See, it's not good that man should be alone, but it'll make a help suitable for him. So God had already given man the vision. That's why I'm saying to you, what's the vision that God has for you? So look, so the same God that said, let us make man and brings him into the earth also said, let you come into the earth. God brought you into the world. And then he has the same words over your life. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. That's why the goal is to be married. And the bottom line of the goal is to make each other happy. Eh, it's just a byproduct of your character. That's a byproduct of love, man. If you really love somebody and you like God, you make each other happy and you love doing it. But then the union of the marriage bed is where conception is. That's what he's after. Because what did he say to them? And God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful. Yes. There you are. It's fruit in two ways. Fruit is character. You understand? Character, meaning the, the way you think. I mean, like, I, I gave you the acronym before. Creative habitual assignments repeatedly applied, causing totally a perfect, uh, a, a, you know, exceptional results. Character. Character. Creative, habitual assignments regularly applied causing totally exceptional or effective results. That's character. See? So, in other words, you live your life showing by your lifestyle you are way more like God than just a human. And he sent the Holy Spirit called the helper. Isn't that what? Help you get a new house? Help you get a new car? That's a waste of His time. He's gonna, the house is going to burn at the, the appearance. The car is going. To, get yourself a Rolls Royce. I mean, I know people are kind of upset if a Christian's driving a Rolls Royce, or if he's, or if a woman. I was with. I'm just going to call her name out because it's true. I was with um, Tony Brinker. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, and she had a 10 carat ring. Just 10 karat. That's it. this little the gold thing held it, but it was just 10 carats. Well, she owns all the Burger Kings and all the steak of ales worldwide. She's a brinker. okay? So, but how do you say, well, well, why does she have to have a ring that big? Well, what is that to you? That ain't, your, that ain't that ain't your ring, that's her ring. Well, she don't need to be showing off. Who's to say she's showing off? You don't know that woman's giving habits. That woman could give like a thousand times more than what that ring costs if it was a $20 million ring. I was telling the pastor about um, Hugh McClellan, uh, you know, uh, he, he talked to me. You, if you're listening, you could be you could be listening. He lives in uh, Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee. But he said, "My God, I'm believing God that God would let me keep 10 um, percent, and I give away 90 percent." See, we think as Christians the opposite. See, we give 10 percent and we keep 90. But see, in the New Testament, tithing is usurped by full devotion. What do you mean by that? In the Old Testament, it was a type of giving 10% to show that you put the value on the first that you get. But in the New Testament, watch what it says. Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God with your body and your spirit, which are God's. So God doesn't, the question now as a believer is not how much you give is how much you keep. Why? Because only a believer understands this. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. So God owns everything. So what you did is agree with him and say, I give myself to you, God. So if you own me, of course, you own the money I made. You gave me an ability to make the money. You you, you keep me alive. You give me me intelligence. So that's your money. That's not the Old Testament type of giving God 10%. So Hugh McClellan, what happened with him is is God blessed his socks off, and he ended up making over a billion dollars a year. So guess how much he gets to keep? 10%. How much is that? $100 $100 million a year he's able to keep of the money and he gives away 90%. It's called the McClellan Foundation. It's probably way more than that now. That was years ago when I was talking with him. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now, if a person's giving away $900 million a year and he's, God has allowed him to keep 100000000 million, don't you think it'd be okay if he bought his wife a little 10-carat ring? See, the reason you're fussing about it is because your mentality is too small. You don't really know how great God is. Everything in the earth is owned by God. The only thing man does is steward what God owns. So in the economy of God, there's never ownership. There's always stewardship. I introduced that principle last night without discussing it. Not what you have, but what you can handle. If you can handle $20 billion dollars, Okay, and you, and God know you're handling it for him. (laughs) And you have the character, not just the intellect, the character. Almost, I mean, I know a few people with some money like that. Almost all of them, God did something in their lives. Relationally, a discovery, they reached critical mass and the money exploded. They didn't expect it to happen like it happened. And most of them are humbled by it, except I'm not talking about the cheaters, the, the crooks that take advantage of people. I mentioned the corrupt people in these, some of these nations. Um, one of, I guess you can call him like a relational person, but the, now the new president of Malawi, which we because of COVID, um, pastor Bruce and, and, uh, another Henry Joseph, another one of my bishops. And, um, helped him win the election and advised him and that kind of thing. And we haven't been able to go see him because of COVID to celebrate the fact that he's now the president of Malawi because the person before him was corrupt. <laughs> he was corrupt and he won the election. Now this is, so this relates to what's going on right here. So what happened in the previous election because of six-year terms is they kept the, the vote, the ballots in a warehouse that people, the guy had his military burn the warehouse down where the votes were kept, burned them down, and he became the president because he burned all the votes up. But this time they had what you call monitors that monitored him. In the election. this is real, this really did happen. And he tried to cheat again. The monitors from different countries where they're watching. And looking at it, and he did cheat again and said he won. And it looked like it was close. Sort of like what's going on right now. And, but it's done. It's done. Whatever. And so, so but it's, it was like that. But, so the, but they took it to court. They did. They were able to take it to the court and present their case and prove that they cheated. And the chief justice said, you need to do it over. They did it over. And, and then Chikwara won. He won. The right guy won. So now you got a man who was head of the assembly of God for all of Africa. Was it with Africa or was it just Malawi? All of Africa is now the president of Malawi. See that? So, and greatly influenced by this man here and another one of my bishops. And, of course, you know, he kind of respects me. I don't ask for it, but he kind of respects me. And they're waiting for me to come over and all that. But the point is, this is what they're saying. As goes Malawi, it could transform all of Africa by this one man's dedication to God and standards for God. Amen. See, when you stand for God, you become a standard for others. Amen. Did you hear me? I want to get to the message in a minute. I'm out, I'm out of, I'm out of uh, uh, Exodus 15, and then I'm going to Isaiah 35. But this is just like a precursor warming up. He said, I got till 1130. It's so okay. Let me warm up, people. Don't be hating right now because I'm screaming. But see, when this stuff became real to me, that's, I'm talking to you out of my realness. This is not religion here. I, I will stand before God for what I say to you right now. And if I'm leading you astray into some kind of false thinking the, the judgment of that is way more severe than anything that could happen to me on the earth. I'm way more afraid of God than some of these folks out here that's playing around with religion. I, I, don't, I don't do it. And there's, there are probably more churches that don't like my standard than there are people like these two that do like it. I'm talking right out of the Bible. So why aren't you into that? Why aren't you into the Bible? You say you read the Bible, right? Have I said something theologically incorrect to you? No, but if you back me, you got to then change some of the stuff you're doing in your church. Yes. See, I don't know if this is going out, but this, this is what happens. Because they know that they say, well, Bishop comes in here talking like all this stuff. And, like, and then there are people who say, well, it can't be like all of that. It can't be. I mean, why you got to be so serious? I mean, there are people who actually think like that. You think God is joking then? You think all of this death stuff that's happened in the culture and in the world, generationally, God is joking about it. So he brings you into the world to be on the solution side and what? And you're worrying about your house. And God says, no, 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 you, you, you hone into me. I'll fix it. There's nothing in the earth I can't fix. But I'm about transforming a culture to be acceptable to my son because there's going to be a marriage in the next world where my son is going to be unioned with the bride. Oh, boy. I I did kind of go up there with you right there with that. But this really is true. So let me say it in in a more simple way. So creation began with a marriage. So God makes the woman out of the man and then brings her to the man. And the man says, and she should be called woman because she was taken out of me, basically. See that? Therefore, shall so the man leave his father and mother and cleave to the wife. So he, he, he actually states his own marriage ceremony and makes himself a priority of serving. Did you notice that? Adam said that to his wife. God brings the woman to him. She must have been like drop-dead gorgeous. You understand what I'm saying, people? I mean, wow. Can you imagine a man, a woman made by the hands of God? Both of them, though, I said that, uh, I don't want to embarrass them or anything, but a couple of Melina's children, they're like Hallmark people. Right, you know, because, you know, good looking, they're good looking, nice hair, you know, you know, all of them, all of them, they're just cute. And a lot of you, a lot of really Latinos, and you look in this church, you guys are really beautiful people, beautiful. You're like Hallmark people. You understand? You're all good looking, handsome and all, get to stay in shape and all. But you look better inside than you can ever look outside. Because the inside of you, God made. So, okay, let me wind this up, this little talk about it, this creation stuff. See, that becomes the foundation of everything else I talk about. You are headed toward a future, whether you've figured it out, it's been revealed or not. See, and your future is not about your death. Your future is about the next world. And if you wait till the next world to be amazing, you're going to be late. Because I'm going to, when I read to you in Acts, sending the Holy Ghost down there, everything that happened after that was amazing. And God just showed you some of the amazement. But he also shows you what it means if you're fully consecrated over to God. Have you ever thought about it? The baptism of the Holy Ghost. So he looked at it as an experience rather than a portal into a lifestyle. Once you are baptized, I mean, you're immersed in God. What should you be like? And that's where I know I got a long ways to grow. See, so I, I, one of my daughters. This is one. Of, I, like I got some sons and daughters over, like in the Midwest too. You know, and he, they, this son is from the Middle East, and his wife is American, but. Her name is Cynthia. She's an awesome woman. I'd like, this is another one I'd like to meet you too. It's just like this. But one of her points is, God doesn't always say, "No," He says, "Grow." See? In other words, all the promises of God are, yea and amen, but you're too underdeveloped to handle it. So a lot of the restraint, the things you don't see in God, has to do with, watch this, the strong word the retardation of the church it's spiritually too you know underdeveloped it's like retarded you know spiritually you don't think of it so the boredom of young people which you evidently don't have that here but the boredom of young people is that the christians they know are not amazing they're boring And young people are being overtaken by all the space, Star Wars, and all this kind of, these false outfits and what people can do. I mean, people liked uh, Black Panther. They liked that. But it was still, it was extraterrestrial. I mean, all that fighting and, you know, they can get like killed 15 times and come back alive. I mean, all that really, you know, well, whatever. And so people like all of that. Well, what you don't get is you are all of that. This is what you don't get. You're just being restrained by God because you've given way too much to the human side and not enough to the eternal side. You go to school and you know a lot about your profession, but you don't really put the same kind of academic rigor into this as you put into the things you studied in school. So you develop in the natural while you remain spiritually retarded. All right, that's strong. That's strong, but I'm just saying, okay? That's what it is. So when I look at myself, so I spend this time, I will tell, I will tell you this. So I just came from spending 20 days alone. Well, I did the first 10 days, you know, you know, alone, and then I flew my wife down to Orlando to be with me so that she could be with me the rest of the time. But the point is I'm leaving the things of man to cleave to the things of God. I'm a reward of them that diligently seek me. In other words, I don't know what is going to be revealed. I don't know how long it'll take me to get all the visual stuff and the lives that people and the political stuff and all that other stuff that's going on out of me so that God becomes my destination. But being alone, I got to do it. So I got to say, well, I got to stay in there. I got to stay quiet. Shut up, boom. God doesn't want you talking to him right now. Just sit there. Study to be quiet. What are you running your mouth for? You don't know what to pray for as you are anyway. The scripture tells you that. So just shut up. So that's what I do. I'll get there, be with God. I'll say, whatever I say anyway, unless you revealed it, it's not worthy of you. Because you said, and you have this confidence that if you ask anything according to my will, well, that means, God, I got to start out praying by knowing what your will is. So since I'm not clear about your will, the goal then for me is to shut up and sit there and be good ground so that you can put inside of me an emphasis that I believe came from you. And then I give you back your own words that you put inside of me guaranteed after the prayer. Because if you don't answer those, you're not answering your own self. That's why he says that, 1 John 5. And we have this confidence that if we ask anything according to his will, and what is his will? His word. When you don't have a word from God, you do have the word of God. That's the starting place. It's so natural, it's raised spiritual. You start from the Bible. You ready to get going then in the message for today, Okay, go to Exodus 15. Okay, all, right, all right. That's because you're asking me all the questions and he shouldn't introduce me like that because he did. I had to go ahead and unload on him according to the truth of the word. But are you getting this? I mean, I could be with a lot of other people. They wouldn't get it. It wouldn't even, it wouldn't even come out like that because it wouldn't do me any good to talk to them because they're nonsense. Sometimes God will tell me, if you start talking to these people about this, I'm going to confound you right in front of them. Because these are not the people that should hear what you're talking about. And I say, yes, sir. And I really get break down like right now. Like, see, yeah. See, yeah. And he's not joking about it. I better not try to wow anybody with anything. You better only tell the people what's real to you. Not just what you have the intelligence to understand, but what's real to you. That's what I want you to tell them. If it's not real, it's just informational and it has no power. So Exodus chapter 15, turn there with me. Now, this was after the Lord delivered the children of Israel and um, from the bondage of Egypt. And I want you to look at the last verse of chapter 14 first. And it says this, And Israel saw the great work which the Lord did upon the Egyptians. See that? That's, that's 1431. And look, look at this. I'm reading Exodus 1431. And the second phrase, what I call B, says, And the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. So I'm going to make a strong statement. It's going to take me at least two services to develop it. God creates out of his love. He judges out of his holiness. He redeems out of his love. Again, he judges out of his holiness. He's called God the judge of all. No one gets away with anything with God. And you're headed towards an ultimate judgment. Christians are going to be judged by what is called the judgment seat of Christ. They're going to get rewards. Rewards are issues of not things but confidence. Did you get that? I better say it again. It's placement. It's where you're going to be placed. See? When, when Jesus' family was of him, his mom and his brother wanted him, remember that? And he, his disciples came, and he says, who is my mother and my father? And then he points to the disciples. See? Now, at some point in time, you're going to have to come to that to find the reality of God. Right now, it's so natural. What you want is that your natural biological family become your spiritual family also. But that spiritual family is the eternal family. And the reason that you are family is because God is your father. The natural family is not going to (coughs) be able to abide the next world if their destination isn't the same as yours. In other words, if you got children or or you are a mate and you live for the devil rather than live for God, you are going to go in the lake of Gehenna, the bottomless pit that burns with fire and brimstone and you're going to burn forever while the other partner is going to be exalted into the presence of God, there to be placed in a responsibility in the heavenlies they'll have access to God but then in the next world they're going to have some responsibility to rule according to your developmental level there you are right there that's that's way that's a lot but if you track back your life to your education from elementary school I mean from kindergarten all the way through all of it wasn't just about your education it was about your competency as you are educated, you're supposed to be able to be more responsible. You're supposed to be able to handle duties. And, there, and we there's something called the duty of all men, but then there's also something called your sacred duty, meaning that out of who you are and what you've become, you'll never do anything that is about man because it violates who you are in your sacredness to God. So that's why you almost never hear things like um, saint anymore. We, I mean, the ghetto people in the, in the uh, churches, they used to say, hey, saints, I'm going over to see the saints. I mean, they talk about it. They talk about people who were consecrated and holy and godly, godliness. The outworking of holiness is godliness. Godliness is holiness outwork. God is holy. And because you're born of God, you have. Ho- and that's why the Bible says to you, right? in Matthew five, "Be ye holy, even as your Father in what? In heaven is holy. He, the subject is understood. Therefore it makes it a command. You be holy." He didn't say, "Feel holy. He didn't say, "Learn holiness." He said, just be it, because the seed of God is in you. Be ye holy. So what God is saying is, I'm not going to make you that. You've got to yield to what's already in you, and it starts to work. Are you with me? Okay, don't matter. Let's go back to Scripture. No matter. You too many questions. It says, look, verse 31, And they saw the great work which the Lord did among, upon the Egyptians, and it says, and the people feared the Lord and believed the Lord and his servant Moses. In you know other words, now, the, what the Lord did was so outside of human competency. They realized they were dealing with a God. And that fact was so other than what they're used to, they were afraid. Now, a number of times that happened in the New Testament, too. The holiness of God showed up. I can tell you one it's when he quieted the storm when he were going across the Gennesaret. And the storm came up. Jesus was in the boat sleeping. And then they woke him up from the bottom of the boat and said, Master, we perish. And then he says, why did you have no faith? And then he told the storm to shut up. Well, what happened after that is it says, and great fear came upon them that was in the boat. Well, you guys were already afraid. No, that was natural fear that they had of of the elements, of the externals. Now you're dealing with someone that demonstrated a power like you never imagined, that controlled the elements. The fear of God came upon them like this. It was this. What happened was so amazing, so other, because holiness by definition means other. He was so other. They said, ah, my God, I'm in the presence of God. Now they were walking with him all the time, but Because of the amazement of what just occurred, they said, well, I really don't see this thing. I hadn't seen this thing. Wait a minute, we got God. And by the explanation, you're dealing with a level of power that could not only destroy you, but could destroy the memory of you. That's what was happening here. It says, and they feared the Lord. But then it says, feared the Lord and believed the Lord, because there's a measure of unbelief. Lost, watch this now. In your life, to the measure you haven't seen God work in your life, really. Well, let me say it another way. See, Jesus said, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils, shall lay hands on the sick. You know, you see that? If they drink any dirty thing. These are miracles. What the mistake that charismatic Christians make is they look at those things as ends in themselves. Do you understand? Lay hands on the sick and people. Oh, God, God's working miracles in our church. That's not the point. They're not an end. Miracle isn't an end. So what? The person was sick? Okay, well, what if they get sick again? You want another miracle? Well, at what point is it all right for God to let them die then? Well, in the human construct, never. They just want them to live forever. Well, they're already going to live forever, just not in that form. So that's the point I'm making, that miracles, healings, signs are not forever. They they should awaken you to the reality of God so that now you believe something that is going to be forever. What is that? Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my... Everything in life leads you to something that is going to be forever. That's the Word of God. So what happens to a miracle is you start believing. It's not just that you believe God works miracles. It's that you start believing that, whoa, God really is here. I need, well, I need to know more about him. I need, That's the point. Casting out devils, healing the sick, signs, one, those are not ends in themselves. When you really, by the Holy Ghost, get it, you become a walking miracle and sign and wonder. Jesus told the disciples, the works that I do, sure you do also. Now, you're not going to be no, like, little startup Christian and believe that. Because why? Many of you tried it. Right? I mean, right now, the church is so reduced in terms of competency, you hardly will see a church that casts devils out. They can't tell they're there. They'd rather go to the psychology of it. Sorry, Doc, but you understand. Now, there are certain medications that can quiet those devils down. <laughs> but it's because you lose control of chemistry. But in reality, those devils are still there. Influence it, but they don't have to. The med- okay, but watch. But in Jesus' day, we say, well, that was just for that day. That's what the evangelical non-charismatics do. Because they are not close enough to God. They haven't been immersed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the point was to make you and me holy. And in that holiness, you're not afraid of anything. See? Even death and hell you face. That's when you'll go into the ghetto. You'll go to a country where there are cannonballs. You're not afraid to die because... You already have died to the flesh. If you kill my flesh, and God allows it, all you did is gave me access to the heavens. To be absent from the body is to be present with to God. When that becomes your reality, you're not afraid to die. Yes, so I said to him last night, "That's why I'm not afraid of COVID." They think they're afraid of getting COVID. That's not. You're not afraid of getting COVID. You're afraid to die. Because they're telling you all the time, you're going to die. You're going to get it, and you're going to die. And, and then the Christians, you know, they're not telling you, you're not going to die. You're going to fulfill God's will. You're going to use this as a time to be way more dedicated than you've been. Because if you're not dedicated, you better put that mask on. <laughs> By the way, the mask doesn't work. Now, there's the doctors. I got doctors in here right now. The cloth mask. What? Well, what is, what is COVID-19? It's a molecule. Uh, you think a cloth mask is going to keep a molecule? I had one of my sons say, well, it's better than nothing. A molecule? It's better than nothing. The cloth is going to keep it out. Your bad breath is the stuff that gives it to people. What? Carbon dioxide, carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide. You don't realize it, but you ain't that clean. What do you think bad breath is? It's nastiness. You should expel it. Now something else has come inside of you. It's not allowed. You're not, you can't allow it. But if you don't have faith, well, what are you believing in? If you, don't, if you believe you're going to get it and die, then God is not going to protect his own work. Your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And this is what they tell me. So they come to me and say, well, I know a lot of Christians that got it and died. Somebody called me and said, "Oh, I know this bishop. He was a good bishop. He got it and died. Well, he's in heaven now. Isn't that all right with you? No, because you think death is bad. Because you are not fellowshipping in the next world. You want to avoid it. You want God to just keep you alive. Here's what you'd like to suggest to God. God, give me the youth pill and let me stay young. And if you're a wife or a woman, cute and take away all the bumps and all the other stuff I got. And, you know, so that I have to fix myself up. Don't just let me just stay cute. God, just like totally. And then let me like live forever. Don't let me die. Just let me stay like that. And yeah, and let my husband, I'll get married. Yeah, get married, okay? And then let my husband love me forever. And then let him stay cute too. Don't let him get bald. No, don't worry. He got his own issues with God, girl. Don't worry. So let me keep a nice body, God. Let me never get fat, you know? And uh, let, let me like be like a, the do of my youth forever. And don't worry about sending me to heaven. Just keep me, I'm straight. See, a lot of humans don't like God's vision for them. Well, it wasn't God's vision for you to die. So Jesus came and fixed that so that you never will die. The only thing that will happen with you is that you will leave this physical body, and he says it already. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Now, just in case you think I'm like this since I'm old, all you got to do is go back and check some of my tapes out from 30, 40 years ago. I've been like this the whole time. Because, look, I came from the ghetto, ghetto and gutter. You can get killed down in the ghetto anytime. These people shoot you. Those people, they say, oh, that's some black people, you know, down in Minneapolis, Seattle, and all these places like that, Portland. If they're black, like that breaking in the stores, ain't no Antifa. Ain't no Black Lives Matter. That's the brothers. That's the gangs. They're gutter. They're gutter. They, they, hey, brothers, why don't you let them know it's you? I grew up like that around the ghetto. They were, you, if you are on the wrong side of town, you on the west side, you go over on the east side, Baltimore, be more, where you see more and do more. But you better be more careful who you mess with. That's Baltimore. Baltimore. So for you educated, it's Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, me. So you go over on the east side, you're from the west side, and they can spot you in a minute. It's like that right now. So what are you doing over here? And if you talk to one of their women, and like they come up to you, and you say, "Say, what are you doing over here?" You say, I'm, "I'm just, I'm just, not, I'm, you know, I was just coming over." You get it? You better get out of here. I said, "Well, I, I want to see." I said, "No, you're not gonna see her." Now, you know, at that moment, if he doesn't give the right answer, you toast. I, I was just telling him I was a, I was a uh, chairman. Is that how you said of a jury? Foreman of a jury, and the, the people that was some of the gang people that was coming up because they got they, we had video footage of this guy. This happened to be like Latinos. <laughs> the guy took a pipe, a, a, a bat, and beat this guy like at the gas station, wanted his money, and he was beating this guy. And the other boys was jumping in, beating this guy, and they got him. So the police came, locked him up, and so I'm the, we got the trial, and so. The judge was saying, answer the lawyer's question. Did you, were you there? Did you see? He said, no, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> the judge said, now, if you're lying in my court, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to send you straight to jail. The guy said, you better answer. He said, I tried, I gave you the answer. He, he looked, the judge said, I'm gonna, I will send you right out here. You're not going to scare those guys from the ghetto. They live in fear all the time. They live in fear. Well, well I used to have to run to school keep those guys from the junior high school when I was in elementary school from taking my lunch money. It's like that right now. So you, you, uh, the, the Bloods and the Cribs in Chicago, you know, they, they were killing people way before all the riots started. Remember, Chicago had the highest murder rate. That's the Bloods and the Cribs. These are brothers. They will kill you. They got the sturdy face like, You know, they stare, and you better not look at them in the eye. See, when these people like that, who are not afraid to die, get converted to Jesus, it's really easy to convert them over to the place. I told you I'm from ghetto, that's why I'm not afraid to die on no stupid COVID. I, I, you, I've studied it. I understand what you're doing. I understand what's going on, but I still know behind it is the devil. Behind it, I don't care whether it's China. China is being influenced by the devil. It's the devil. You didn't cast out no China spirit. Are we going, well, now they finally let you in the chemical labs now, and we found out that it began. You already knew that. The Christians are hiding out. They have not put courage in the culture. Because the Christians receive the messaging from the news people and instead of doing what God said, they're doing what the media says. Amen. You can't tell me when to have church. Well, they're saying you got to keep social distance and you can't have church. Wait a minute, who said that? See, now, this ain't even radical. This is basic. God said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as some has. That was the first century first century. They already stopped going. They already stopped, stopping. And then Paul had to straighten that mess out. Why? Because they become like some of us. We don't believe where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. If two of you shall agree as touching anything you shall ask, it shall be done for them by my Father. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. He says, I've sent the Holy Ghost. He will protect you. I've given you ministering angels who will keep you in all your ways. I mean, didn't I just give you five reasons to not get the COVID right there? (laughs) But if you don't believe that, you better put that mask on. You wear that mask. You keep it on, too. Get double, get the N95, get the nurse's mask. You should, like, change them every now and then, okay? Okay. But whatever. But do that. But now I'm out here. I'm out here in the natural with all the places I said I go to. So I'm not going to the nations. So now I'm going. I'm all over the United States. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Not lay hands on the sick and you're gonna get what they got. Yeah. I mean, did you saying that COVID negated what Jesus said in the Bible? The way most Christians I know are living it, yeah. Definitely. Lay laying hands on you. What? Come on, we would like we'll touch fists. That's kinda of like serious right there. I'm gonna find some lotion or some uh, what's the stuff they use? That, huh? You're yeah, antiseptic anti-what? Whatever it is. Anti-germs. I touched you, but I said, oh, God, I better watch it. So I'm going to find something, and I'm going to drop my hands down, man. Okay. That's what's going on right now. You are way cleaner inside than any natural stuff can protect you outside. Your dedication is to God and his will is what's keeping you. I'm telling you right now, you are not going to die until you give up to the devil and to the world. You stand for God strong. And now look, but again, you got to build up to it. Now, if you've like been scared, look, if, you, if, I, if I were to be like numbers of you and listen to the media people and, and Dr. Fauci, like Fauci, which side are you on, buddy? You were with the president and one, the former president one time, now you with this one too? Oh, I'm head of the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you mean, The Hippocratic oath, right? The one person I should be able to believe, and that I know is not political, is a medical doctor. Because they care more about your health than what some political side. I'm gonna give you my best, that's it. The other person that should be non-political in it is a judge. A judge has to go, what they're dealing with right now. Not not, it's not just a declaration. It's not just the Constitution. No, 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 no. That's not back far enough. Neither of them have any redemptive value. It goes back to the law of God. William Blackstone, commentary. It goes back to Calvin, common law, England, William Blackstone. You, I'm in your area right now. You're, looking, you're listening really good. So, I'm in your area. And so most lawyers learn to be lawyers by William Blackstone, who wrote common law for England, From the Bible, laws, statutes, ordinances, and covenants. The principles of the Bible was what governs a nation. We don't get that anymore. So now, everybody's talking about the Constitution. You say, what are you talking about the Constitution for? Why don't you talk about the law of God, the judgment of God, the ways of God, the name of Jesus, godly character? Why don't you talk about some of those things? And people became great lawyers by who they were interned through. It used to be that way with medicine. You learn from somebody who was great at it and lived according to the standard of it. Well, the other person that should be just, not what happened to the, the Supreme Court guys and what they're doing and when they meet to make their final decisions. They meet to make their final decisions Nobody can be there. They have this one room that they meet in, and there's no recordings. Nobody can listen outside of those justices, and they, they bow it out until a decision is made. Now, usually there is a one of the interns is going to sit outside the door because they are protecting anybody from coming in and taking care of it. But one of them was a whistleblower, <laughs> and they heard what those guys were talking about. Uh, From the door and told, this is recent. Don't worry about it. I'm not going into it. I I don't care about it. I care more about you and the Bible and all that stuff. That stuff. If you listen to the people talk, now the third group that should you should be able to believe are preachers. If those guys are political, biblical worldview, you argue from the Bible to the culture. In other words, it's what God says governs is what makes the government. Have you read it? Isaiah 9, 7, the government of the world should be on his shoulders, So no government carries you. You carry the government. And it's all in the Bible. I mean, the issue of what I'm just getting ready to read to you right now, that's Moses who had a word from God governing over Pharaoh and said, this is the word of the Lord. This is how you do it, buddy. And he didn't do it, God got involved, and that's what you got right here, okay? So, okay, let's go to Scripture now. So, as a preacher, yeah, they say, well, why are you just standing on the issue? They say, you political people, you're just standing on this one thing of abortion and life, and you're just standing on the family. Don't y'all know any other issues? Wait a minute. Those are primary creative issues with God. They may have been argued in the political arena, but they didn't start there. This is God says, right here, what he said. In the beginning, God created. So God created life. So if you kill him in the womb, he doesn't get a chance to do with that life what he intended to do. You don't you don't see that. So God is offended. And, And let me just make this statement. He's called God the judge of all. I said it, but watch where you don't see God judging presently, watch, God's delay of judgment is not his denial of judgment. See, just because you don't know God is how he's judging doesn't mean he's not. I mean, Hezekiah is one good example of it, see, where he gave him the extra life, the extra 15 years, and then and then I said, "Okay, if I give you this, your children gonna be affected." The guy said, "Well, okay, I'll let my children fend for themselves." Can you imagine that nonsense? He didn't care about the future children; he just cared about himself, not dying. And for those 15 years, it was all—it was hell for him. Bad, bad time those 15 years. And then he let a judgment come on his children because he didn't protect them. He Thought about himself. See, this is what I admire so much about what's going on here. So you got somebody trying to protect you. Yeah. And uh, tell you the truth. Stand up there bold. And, but then he tells everybody else the truth too. They get mad at him, too. They mad at him. You got, how are you gonna talk to him? If you don't like they say, so what are you talking to me like that for? Because I'm telling you what the word says. And You're not just, you're not godly, you're goofy. I mean, he's like, he'll just tell you right straight up. But don't get mad at him. See if what he said is the truth. Stop being so easily offended, okay? Here it is. Watch. Verse 1 of Isaiah 15. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. Remember we used to sing that? He is my God and I will prepare him a habitation. My father is God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. So I told my wife that she knows that God and my angels are violent. So sometimes, like, when she, like, will, like, hit me because she thought I did something wrong, so she will hit me. And then all of a sudden, she, <clears throat> she's coughing, and she don't know what's happening. My angels are coming against her right away, you know, because she didn't know whether she meant that or not. And then she says, well, if you're, I said, my angels are doing that to you right now, baby. I'm just saying. And then she said, well, what do you think my angels are doing? And I told her what the truth is, submitting to mine. <laughs> clearly, clearly, what do you think? It's Wow! This authority is transcendent, woman. I get this. Of course, I get hit again. I get hit again. So, gee, don't respect my angels either. So, so, look at this. So, read this all the way down to verse 11, which is the verse I want to get to. This is great, where the song that they were singing is just talking about the greatness of God. See, sometimes you've got to find scriptures in the Bible that exalt God's greatness, and, and and let that stuff go into your heart. Don't don't be occupied. And what I was going to say about the COVID and all that—if you listen to them, there's no way out. There's no way out with it. You can get it, you know, right. Even if you took the test and it doesn't show, you said okay, because I was with the president sometime back a few a couple months ago, and you got to take the test. They test you. They do the stuff of your nose, they all that. But then if you go around the average person, they say, well. It's five days before you can know you have it. said so I just took the test. So where is it at, Dennis? It's on your hands, it's white. It's in your breath, it's on your shoes, you touch stuff. I mean, where can I get it then? Nowhere, there's nowhere you can't get it. See, there's no solution when you listen to the world, why, because they don't have one. You gotta be more committed to God as your solution. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word and do it forever. I'd rather die standing on the word than to die trying to figure out what should I do with all these different voices that are coming at me. But the one comfort that my woman and I have is the fact that God is with us. And I'm called, and it looks like instead of me like waning, kind of giving up and like, okay, well, I guess I'm preaching too much. Man, look, when this thing hit, Go back, look on, go to my Facebook thing. I did an eight o'clock in the morning Facebook and an evening Facebook at eight o'clock. Eight and eight, I call. Eight is the number for new beginnings, for the anointing. So I, my thing is, I ate my eight today, eight o'clock every day. I ate. I read eight chapters of the Bible. I used to do that. Trained a whole group of people to do that. Read the Bible, eight chapters a day minimum. I did it for a solid month, in the natural. I was exhausted because I'm pouring out. It's probably, I don't think any of them are less than an hour, hour, hour and a half, 8 a.m. in the morning, 8 p.m. at night. I put the truth out. In other words, I didn't have to go. I didn't have to go nowhere. I, I could be doing that now. I could just stay there and put it out. Like a lot of these preachers, they, if they can just not be around you, they really feel good about it. A lot of preachers are glad you can't come to church because they're getting more money online than loving that. And then I know tons of members who say, wow, I'm really kind of getting used to this because I don't have to go to church now. Because like this one mega church in D.C., they said, well, I got to get up, I got to dress, I got to drive all the way across town, I got to deal with parking, I got to do the church, then I got to leave the church, drive all the way home. But now I can just get up, turn my computer on, listen to the praise and worship, listen to the message, give online, and then roll back over and go back to sleep. That's what they're saying. I don't, I don't want to go to church. I don't, don't want to be around you people. That's what they're saying. That's what they're saying. So you can't lay hands on the sick, so forget it. Nobody's going to come there to do that for you. It says, now look, so let me read verse 11. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Was like thee, look at this, glorious in holiness, fearing, fearful in praises, doing wonders. That's the nature of God. Now, let, 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 me, let me just say one other thing about you. See, there's a holiness side to you that does not like nonsense. This is what our former president didn't get. See, in other words, they, they say he doesn't have good character. No, what they didn't like is he talked too much about himself. And he talked too much about his accomplishments. And he didn't know how to find humility. So these people are, are saying he doesn't have character. That's how they define that. But I, what I ask some of the people who say that, well, name me one of the presidents that did have character that you know about then what you had is great actors. They know how to act in such a way that you liked the way they looked outside. But privately, they were totally different. See, I can tell you, and and of course I lived, I'm lived, but at this age of 72, I lived to see a lot of them. See, my mother used to love the Kennedys. They were the the royal family. His daddy, Joe Kennedy, mafiosa, He's the one that stopped the blue laws. The reason we go, we don't honor Sunday anymore, is because this guy pounded the legislature on allowing work people to open up companies, everything to happen on Sunday, when it used to be laws against opening up on Sunday. This is Joe Kennedy, John Kennedy's daddy, and then he was a whoremonger himself, a president. Man, they got cameras on you. You got the secret service following you around. You're going to have sex with this woman, with people, with somebody knowing you're doing it. You got a wife over there that loves you. What? You got children, dude. He was driven by his lusts. And then a judgment came on. It's called the Kennedy curse. Even the world wrote about that. See? And then when you start looking at what happens to their family line, right now, it's still happening. Nobody's come to them and tell them how to break that curse off of them. See, the thing that saves this former president is even though he was prone to brag and he didn't find humility, he still was highly principled. What do you mean? On the things that count. What do you mean? He, he definitely fought against abortion. See, he definitely was pro-family. He did not do what this present president did. You're gonna let a trans be a cabinet member. Yeah, you're going against God. Not only is man, it said the Bible says, the mankind alive with mankind as his womankind is an abomination. That's just having sex. God said, that's an abomination. What do you think about a person saying, God, you were wrong in making me a a man or male. I'm going to change that. Or you're wrong in making me a woman. I'm going to change that. Because you're wrong, God. Okay, okay. you, You just... Keep doing it. Don't worry. The levels of judgments. It's already working. He's called God the judge of all. The level of judgment. And so if you trace, I I can't work you on all this, but all you got to do is study how many affairs do gay people have in one week's time. Look at their lifespans, how long they live. Look at what happens to their children down the line. Now, this trans stuff, now the trans is not only with the people who do it, but the people who, who, who permit it. How can we be one nation under God and condone what God says I hate? And so the culture's been beat down. The separation of church and state, Danbury letter to the Baptist. That wasn't a separation. That wasn't to keep the, this, the government The church out of the government. It was to keep the government out of the church. That was the point of the letter. But see, you're living in a day, now I want to say to the young people again, you you have to do what is called academic rigor. See, in any law field, but in any field at all, you have to go back in your research to the origins of of when this whole thing started. And, And then look and see everything that's out there. So that if anybody stands up against you, they're going to be embarrassed because they didn't research. They they, they didn't check their sources out well enough. You shut them down because it's the honor of a king to search out a matter. Because you're a believer, nobody does research like you. Nobody go to the source level the way you go to the source level. Nobody. That's what you have in you to do that. So you're supposed to be winning every argument and then decreeing what the will of God is. See, see, the kingdom of God, the reason the heaven and earth shall pass away but the word of God will do it forever, it's a no-excuse realm. In other words, what God said is right, that's it forever. I mean, there's never going to be any reason you can change it. You don't have the authority. You're not authorized. You are the, you're the created. are the created. He's the uncreated. How are you going to change something to somebody you can't even get to unless he allow it? But you can't get to a president hardly. You can't even get to a governor. Won't get an appointment with some of you. They think you're too low level. You can't get no appointment with them. But yet you can have access to the creator of the world and don't take advantage of it. Jesus says, learn not only of me but learn from me. There's a whole lot of people that know about God but they don't know him. They're in the front of your Bible. All these PhDs, DDs, I told you this before. None of them. You ever see any of them bring revival? None of those people. They academically, they know the text, the Hebrew, the Greek, the Aramaic, but they never got close to God because that stuff happens in the heart, not the head. The head could never explain it well enough. A person getting born again, oh, I don't want to hurt nobody anymore. A killer. That, I was a thug. I used to get high. Smoke that jade, man. Get that thing. Smoke it all the way to a, a called. You just think about this. You get it. If it gets real small, they call it a roach. I mean, when you get a name like that, a roach? But that's what debauchery will take you to. So I'm smoking the thing. is down so small. Not like, look. So I had somebody, since I saw you last, I went down to D- D.C. He got one of the Uber drivers in his church to drive me around. I want to go around the ghetto in East D.C. I want to see what the brothers are doing. I want to dri- Let's go down there and see what they're doing. You know what they were doing? Hanging out like they always hang out. All of them are gathered, the music playing loud, the brothers in the T-shirts. You know, the women, I mean, they tattooed down. They tattooed down, the T-shirts on. They're passing a bottle around, and they're passing a the joint around. Now, ain't nobody got no mask on in no ghetto? Then why aren't you guys scared of the mask? You guys, look, this could be a major breakout, a super breakout, people. People say, you better get out of here. The breakout is, tell one of them where's your mask and see what happens to you. You got more trouble in talking to them about the mask than wearing the mask. Because them guys, they, this, this doesn't make sense. So why isn't it breaking out? They're still passing the joints. You're smoking somebody's joint. You put, they, there's, there's saliva on it. Yes. Spit, for those of you that know it, on the joint. So you're passing it around. It's nasty. Why aren't they getting it? See? It's just stuff going on right now. You just put your confidence in God. God's keeping you, people. And let me tell you something, I have great confidence that you, he really is invested here. And there is, there is, he wants to keep you alive. But I guarantee you this, let's say God says, okay, I'm ready for you to come home now. And let's say he let you come home through the COVID. Watch how they die. Watch the level that they carry themselves at death. Nobody whining. I guarantee you. Now, if any of you die, God forbid, okay? I'm just saying. Ain't nobody gonna die. Oh, I don't know why I got it. You know, I wore my mask. I kept my distance. I watched my... Ain't nobody, not a single one of you would... I guarantee you, not a single person would die talking like that. You would probably be like, well, if it's time... Let me see. Can't think of anything else I haven't done for God... Hmm. Well, exactly. Bring all my family here. Let me just make sure I get them straight. Okay. I left you a boatload of money over here. Now, spending for God. I left you like I got like I own these high-rises over here. You got the high-rise. They get their business straight. And I'm getting ready to go home. Don't you cry over me. And then when you have the funeral right there in the casket, don't you be whining and crying. I'm not gonna be there. I'm not gonna be there. I'm gonna be in heaven. There's nothing there. But a body, it's going to turn back to dust. So go ahead and have a party. you you had my life. Enjoy this funeral. Have a party. But don't be sad. I'm with God. See? See? That's how you got to look at this. See? See? That's how you got to look at it. And this stuff got to be real to you. I'll give you one more scripture, and then I'm finishing up. Okay? And I got, I got loads of stuff I'd like to talk to you about that, about this. You know what, Pastor? It would be great for me to sit down with the people that want to sit down. Like, give me a, a, a like at least a couple of days. I mean, eight, ten hours. Talk some, pray some. Talk some, pray some. Give me a chance like that. Not, not, not like this sermonizing. This is okay. I've done this. But, I mean, I do this plenty of time, but. This is okay, but I'm just saying uh, you are a great people, and I love to give you, like I've talked none about what over the last 20 days God has revealed to me. Somebody's got to hear it. I don't know who it's for. See, see, yeah. and, but it's for Somebody. Because somebody is going to become something that we've never seen before in the manifestations. And we're getting close if you keep pressing. Now, we do know the gestation period for a woman pregnancy. But there is a spiritual gestation period for a pregnancy with God. Where you're pushing against that membrane and something is about to be birthed. A remnant preserved Lot's family. One man's dedication to God got Lot out. One man's righteousness saved Adam's progeny, Noah. One man, everybody. Let me tell you something. God brings life, but he's also a killer. He he doesn't play around. God doesn't play around. There's too many people that think God is playing around turn to isaiah thirty five but you people, I don't think you think he plays around i i don't, really don't i don't believe so' i, 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 don't, I don't believe it yeah. isaiah thirty five you you want to read the like the whole chapter. Uh, in terms of the context of what he's talking about. He's talking about something he's going to do in the future. A great regathering is going to happen. But there are preconditions. Listen, every prophecy is conditional. And imperfect. We look through a mirror darkly. You can, you don't, you don't, nobody sees everything exactly perfect. But then face to face. He says, we know in part, therefore we prophesy in part. See, that's what makes me at 72 keep going after God because I don't really know enough. So I'm saying, God, show me your face. Show me your face lest I die. I need to see you more clearly than what I've seen you to now. I I don't want to die at this level when you've shown me more clearly what you're about. So transform me into that before I die. See, nothing else do I want. Nothing else is worthy of me. I don't care about. You, you, you could give me a billion dollars. I, I was talking to the billionaire. I talked talking to her. She's a billionaire. I said to her, I, I came here for you. I talked to her. I gave her a chance. She's a a good woman. I think she's a Christian woman, but she's busy protecting her money. She, 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 she She, She doesn't know if people come around her for where she is in God or if they just come around her for her money. So she doesn't know how to establish legitimate relationships. Well, the legitimate relationship with people is usurped by a legitimate relationship with God. The reason you can't trust people is because God can't trust you. I'm the type that'll say it to her. Your relationship with God could be consummated with a greater level of consecration So he says in verse 3, strengthen ye the weak hands, look, and confirm the feeble knees. So watch. And so the weak hands speak of your work, knees speak of your balance. See, a false balance is an abomination to God, your stand. Some people are weak-kneed, they're not standing strong right now. Some people... The, the, the work, the things that they do with their hands, it's all about the flesh, not enough, the handiwork of God, see? The priorities of God. What happens if you you hung around me for a whole length of time? And you're saying to me, Bishop, I want you, see? see? One is you, you would be into this every day for hours. See? Occasionally, I'll miss a day or two, I'm not legalistic about it, but your priorities are going to be affected by hanging around me. You're not going to eat the way you normally would eat. See, you'd be around me a week, you could lose weight. Not, not, Not just because of the diet. Well, it's just because of the fasting. See? Because the Bible says when you fast, that means the adverb, it expects you to. And then you would give to people that potentially would waste the money you gave them. And you, you'd you give away something that every week that you don't have. Then you would live by faith from month to month. Not because you couldn't save, but because you give. It's gonna, it would affect your money. You're just hanging with me. I'm just saying, I never told anybody like this before, anything like that. So you would pray for hours, you'd be in the Word for hours, you would fast, and you would give, you would give a lot of money away. You'd give, a, you'd give a lot of money away, see? I know that when I, I try to keep money, like in my truck up there, or there's a thing in the secret compartment, I keep it there, you know, and I'll try to keep, and my wife knows I'm embarrassed. So when I get at the red light, and around these people, and they're asking, they said, money for food, money for this, I mean, I don't care if they're lying or not. They say, well, they're going to go. They're going to go drink. You don't know what they're going to do. You don't know who those people are. Beware how you entertain strangers lest you entertain angels unaware. That angel was just there looking like that so that you could get tested. You don't really know, but you do know what you can do with that money. So what I do is I'll give to them and usually, but I, but I do that to people all during the COVID. I'm just saying right now. I go into Cracker Barrel. My wife loves Cracker Barrel. And the meal is $21. Well, I'll send my wife. I'll go out. I'll send my wife. i said, say, go take this $50 bill and go give it to that lady right there. And tell her the Lord spoke to you to give that to you because... This is the season where God sees you. Tell him God sees them. They break down. They break down. Because why? That is true. God does see them. And he's going to use somebody. So I try to be an instrument to be used in every kind of way, every week, somewhere, to somebody exceptional. I try to be. Weird. Now, I'll tell you that he's that way, and he's that way. You're, 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 you're like that. Where I'm staying right now is an exceptionality. See? Not because he has a lot of money, but because he puts a value. That my faith is lifted. Somebody under God bleeds in me at a high level so that it'll make me go out to my truck before and spend time with God not to waste it. So I don't need anybody watching over me to make sure I stay godly. I'm going to go to heaven. I I don't know when, but I've lived a lot longer than I'm going to live. But I want to be heaven ready. See. I ask my children, have you read all my books? Because the greatest thing I can leave you is my revelation, is my contact with God. If I can get out to the whole world, if I can have somebody waiting for me in Switzerland, I have some waiting for me in South Africa to come there right now. Waiting for me in Harford, in England, right now. Bishop, can you come over? Can you can you come over? If the world wants me, why would God let my children be born in my family with a dad going for God and you not the heirs of my revelation? Why are you not getting a hold of that? See. So next week, I think all of my children but one, maybe, are going to meet me in Jacksonville, Florida to be with me because they need to see me now and see their mama, but they need to be in the environment where people want it. I'm not saying they don't want it, but right now they've been ordained to be born in my family line. If you let me die and you don't get what God gave me as an heir, you're going to be held accountable for it in the great day. See, no. I didn't tell them that to come. They said, Dad, I love this. So one is coming, a couple, and my other son is in Eugene, Oregon. They got to fly down to uh, new, new Life in Jacksonville, Florida to spend time with me. See, now, okay, I'll finish this, uh, the next service. But let me tell you what I just did last week, uh, a pastor. And... I'm not religious about it at all. So in in 1 Timothy 3, verse 1, he says, this is a true saying. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desire a good work. Now, did you hear that? Now, first of all, I'm I'm a bishop, but I, you, I mean, God, you put that, Paul, what are you saying here? You mean you put that in the context of desire? You mean to be a father? If a man desire the office of a bishop, this is what the Bible says. He desire a good work. And then he starts describing the qualifications. But first of all, have you looked up the root definition of this word, bishop, elder, pastor they're all the same Greek derivative it all deals with what you're becoming in a position of leadership you can I can say it this but this is spiritual leadership now you know it in Catholicism you know it in Greek Orthodox Church um, you know it in Methodism Episcopals they have Greeks it's become religious but this is biblical this is in the Bible as a matter of fact in Matthew I believe it is maybe that or John it says and his bishopric shall another man take basically what it was saying is a bishop is missing so what i did to this man just three weeks ago he never told me he was wanting to be a bishop but i knew he already was one see his level of development is so confident that other leaders need to get close to him because he would profit them By the life he's living. See? Now I'll just tell you, for example, if I go away to pray somewhere and I stay a few days, I look around and he'll—I'll call him and he says, "Oh, I've gone away. My wife is giving me the green light." So he has the kind of wife that's not so clingy that she doesn't push him to God. Oh, you saying you want to go to? You want to? You want what? You want to go pray somewhere? Exactly. So he goes somewhere and goes after God. But he's already seen that I do that. You got to carve you out a private place where nobody is allowed to come but God himself. You got to understand how to cultivate, cultivate an intimacy with God. What, 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 what Matthew and Jesus talks about, you'll go in your closet and pray. He's not talking about a physical closet. You can use that but he's talking about creating it, it's analogous to the holy of holies. You should have a holy of holies where only God the Shekinah, the presence, the reality of God because if you're truly going to become holy it has to be with you and God alone not the letter. You're going to shake the earth. You got to get to a place where God is shaking you. And usually when others are around, it won't, it can't happen. You can have good meetings and you can have good services and all this. Mm-mm, that's not the same. When you start looking at the great people of the Bible, you see, Moses alone God, got hit him. Elijah alone got it. These are, these are reformers. These are not just revivalists. They were reformers. See? See? Jesus, he, not, he cultivated aloneness with God. Who? Well, isn't this Mary's boy? Isn't this Mary and Joseph's boy? Where did he get this from? Alone, where you weren't with him. So I'm just saying this to you. We're talking about holiness. If you don't learn to cultivate a time where your security is the vitality of your time with God alone? For me, right now, just to tell you, I, I find those places, but I find the parking lots. Because in a building, uh, it's always going to be somebody, I can't scream, I can't travail, oh yeah, I can't go after God hard. There are people, people I disturb people, there's noise. So I try to find the most isolated place I can find. And that I can do on a daily basis. So I end up doing it in my car. When I started doing this, I used to own a Jeep and I bought it new. I used to take that out and be alone with God. I had 80,000 miles on the tires and there was no discernible wear on the tires. Why? Just like he did Israel's shoes in the wilderness. He did that in their disobedience. I did that in obedience. God kept that vehicle in perfect condition because it was my house of prayer. You got to find and look for a secret place where God then met Elijah after he gives that word to Ahab. He ends up, alone there in a cave by himself and the voice of God comes to him. And look, and it wasn't the thunder, the lightning, the move. It was the still small voice. But what it was was the reality of God. You got to get to the place where you can go to where your life with God is more real than it is now. It's got to be more than what we have now. It's got to be. I want to tell you this. It is. You, it's not counseling, I said it, if you spend time with me alone for some time, which I'm probably not going to give you that time, but if you could, you're going to find some levels of devotion that you don't have. You're going to travail at a length of time that you're not used to. You're gonna stay quiet and be still at a length of time that you're not still now. You're gonna cut that stupid phone off and you're not gonna look at it for days on end. See? I got notes in my phone like you. I got all the pictures. I got all the video clips. I can tell you right now, there's not one person I go to to listen to. I, I talked with a friend of mine who wants me to help him with this university that he's establishing. And um, he went on and said, he said, the deaf that you go to, uh, I've only seen a couple of people. So he gave me the people who he said are deeper life people. I said, good, let me, let me know who they are. So I, I, since I've been here, I, l- I looked at them. I listened to them. I said, okay, okay. I'm not saying they're not deeper life, but you don't get it. See, I got to tell him, he may be listening to me now, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about ascending into the heavenlies in a way where that real becomes the most real part of your life. You bid it to come near where nothing in the earth dominates you or is a priority. Only something from heaven becomes your preeminent thinking and what dominates you. I got I to gotta, I gotta shed it. But look at the qualifications. A bishop must be, look at this, blameless. This is what we're talking about. How you going to do that? What? How, you mean blameless? How are you be blameless? How are you going to be blameless? So it means you don't get blameless by becoming a bishop. You're blameless to become one. See? Yeah. You got that? Yeah. There yeah, you go. A husband of one wife. That would disqualify a whole lot of people. Temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable. Look at that. Able to teach. See? Look at that. Not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous. One who rules his own house well. Watch this. This house and the other house. Not is of the house. There are certain things I, I say to my wife, like, look at her nails. Hold your nails up, baby. Hold your hand up. See, look at her nails. Turn them around the other way. See, that size. No, that size nails is the size I approve. Do you understand? I mean, yes. Why? Because that's the best size for her for what she's going through right now. One who rules, not suggests his own house, but rules his own house well. Right now, I know the best thing for her. If she had nails a little longer, she couldn't button up her own uh, shirt. She couldn't put her earrings on because the nails would get in the way. There are a number of things she couldn't do. So I have to... Um, uh, Sin, um, Eileen goes, I'll go too, but my son goes, take it to the nail place and tell those nail people, you do it this size. If you do it longer and you try to upsell my wife, she'll totally kick you. <laughs> Why? Because she's keeping a standard that comes from the house and you're only somebody that helps maintain that standard. I go to the malls with her and help pick out her clothes. Everything she has on right now, she's never worn before. Tags are still on them. If you go back in the room, you'll see the tags I've taken off. If you go in the closet, you see their tags still on. But I took her to the store and picked out stuff that was some of the best stuff in the store. On sale, of course. (laughs) What are you talking about? My father is a Jew. (laughs) Yeah, what? Okay. Let me finish this now. I got to finish, okay? Because it's at 1130. And I'm there right now. Okay. Okay. Um, I'll finish this. I, I want to I tell you more. But this is behavioral. I consecrated him a bishop. How many weeks ago now? Two weeks ago? He didn't know it was coming that way. So I reached down in his church and laid hands on him to increase his effectiveness in raising up emerging leaders with the spirit of holiness and the spirit of burning on him. He's already on fire. He already loves God. But we all, a fire can increase. A fire can blaze more and more. And usually, God has ordained us to help. I, I, my life isn't about achievement. My life is about somebody else's achievement, somebody else's power, see? Now, I know that in this environment, you guys don't do the bishoprics. Well, in his environment, he doesn't do it either. He had to do more with what was coming on him, See? what God was doing in his life to affect the culture. Now, you can examine this with me. Can you hardly find anywhere where God is moving so exceptional that whole places are clearing out to get to it? Let me tell you what's happening through this last election. These people that were called prophets are now being stoned. How are they being stoned? Because they missed it as to whether or not this person was going to be second term. So what are people doing? They're going on Facebook and calling them false prophets. You're saying because they missed it one time. Well, in the Old Testament, they missed it. Well, those were giftings. No, no. Let me tell you something. You got to be perfected in the New Testament. It's what you are becoming, not what you're gifted with in the New Testament. You grow into godliness. You grow into perfection in prophecy. You grow into, but now in the next world, there's no such thing as the gifts of the Spirit. Those are redemptive. You are of God. And the ability of God is in you to do anything necessary for where he has you. No such thing as God having to come upon you and any of that. No. And this is actually what's happening to you right now. You're growing up into him in all things from the inside out. What I'm saying to you, don't stop letting God transform you because amazement is about to happen. Now, if I live 10 more years, well, it looks like that's, that could happen. Something is happening with me that I can't explain. And I've got kicked a few times. Look, I can tell you I'm on Facebook right now, but I was asked to be on the faith-based board, and then they changed their minds about it. They didn't tell me. I just discovered it through someone else that knew the person that was over it. Look, I would have only been on the thing for a few months anyway because he's no longer president. But here was the point. In my view, it was a judgment from God because I would have told this that former president what to do not to lose that election. It would have had nothing to do with the skill of getting voters. It had to do with the life he was to portray and the conversation he was to declare. It would have totally changed the spirit not just of his followers but there have been people waiting for him to have a different persona only God could have given it to him. And somebody more godly than he was that wasn't in there trying to position themselves to say they're somebody special because I'm with the president. Mm-mm, you got to go in there. See, I mean, I'm just going to say it to you. I'm, I'm out here right now. I'm just going to say it to you. I wouldn't have felt like I was under him there. You can't be under him and give him the anointing to come up. You have to be above him, to lift him somewhere. I wasn't talking about governmentally. He's over me in the government of man, but in the government of God, you don't know God like I do. I would have been sent from God, but the people around him rejected it because of a lie. There's a judgment on him that ended up affecting the country. And now they're fighting in the flesh. We still, I got, now there are a few leaders, a pastor that's fighting in the spirit right now. And Lou Engle and some others are really praying. But the challenge with them, Lou, if you listen to this, you would get it. They really don't know what to pray right now. They don't know what God wants to do. You know what I know? He's never changed his mind about what he wanted to do in the first place. You got off center to deal with single great issues more than what he ordained you to be alive for in the first place. He hasn't changed any of that. We just haven't done it well enough. I'm going to say a prayer now for you. Thank you for giving me this two hours, actually, to talk to you. I just outpoured to you. I didn't. If you get this book, My Journey with God, it'll tell you everything you need to do to become holy. It's, it's a process. You're not going to become holy by a mistake. He says it in verse 8, fools shall not err therein. You're not going to become holy by a mistake. You won't slip up and fall into holiness. You've got to grow into it. And there's a process. I already wrote it. I have it. My consecration journal called My Journey with God because your life with God is not a trip. I said too many Christians are tripping. Your life with God is a journey. It's a journey into Christlikeness, holiness. You're ordained. I'm going to pray, Pastor, for you right now for that spirit of the bishoprics to come on you. So that those people will recognize your authority because it's about to happen anyway. I'm only confirming what's going to happen anyway. And that the meetings that God allowed me to speak in is going to be small. But yours will have the spirit of fire and the spirit of burning in those meetings. And people are going to fall on the altar, and the power of God is going to come out without you even making an altar call. Your message is going to be the altar call. It's not going to be limited to a geography. Even this right here is going to start accelerating. Now, now look, this is a prophecy. There you go. Hey, hey, I can be judged by this. So I'm saying that when you preach online, it's going to accelerate from the next time you start. Without you doing marketing skill and all that, that won't be you, be God. I'm saying that the 2021 for you is a portal, a grace period that's opened up. We've gone through 2020, that's the testing, right? 2020, 40, see 20 times, 2400. Israel tested 400 years, 40-day fast for Daniel. I mean, for Moses, 40-day fast for Elijah, 40-day fast for Jesus. We've come through the 40, the end of testing. I believe God has had you pass the test. I believe now the grace is coming. It says... He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, but he came out after the 40 days in the power of the Spirit. I believe that through this time you've been through, the testing you've been through, the power of God was mounting on you. That's what's happening. So now, this is going to go down right now. You can just stand right there. Would you join with me, Bishop? Father, we lay hands right now on this man of God, Of that, touch him too. Touch him too. Because this is in his household. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for the spirit of holiness and the spirit of burning and that bishopric's standard on him. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, that he doesn't seek a title. He already has a title. He's a pastor. He's a doctor. He's an attorney. He already has titles. God, you know we're not talking about titles. We are talking about an amazing anointing that is now building to affect the world. And in the name of the Lord Jesus, he's already spoke the language. He's already talked to the people. He calls them world changers. Lord Jesus, he calls them champions. Now he's going to see an acceleration of the manifestation of that. And in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord. And Lord, we alert the world right now. Those that are listening by way of the internet, those that are right now looking at this, this unbishopric's anointing right now, this elder of the body, this pastor of this generation, God, thank you for letting his words and his standards get beyond these four walls, beyond these people, and go out to the world. Thank you, Jesus. We glorify you in it now, Lord. And we thank you for him. And we thank you for the Menina family coming over here. And you're back. And the sons and daughter. And the household, this church, and the, the, all of them. All the family line. This is a family. Of godliness to affect the world, and God's going to get the glory, and the world is going to be changed. We declare that revival and reformation has already begun in this church. It's going to manifest now in a greater way out to the world, and we give you praise for it. So we we'll anoint you with the anointing of the bishoprics. And I thank you for it. Now, Lord, where Judas failed and the disciples became leaven, we thank you that you filled that now with a man of God, not with passing lotteries, but someone you chose. You've chosen him because of the counterfeit that's been out there. You're saying, I've always kept myself a remnant according to the measure of grace. Thank you for this church being a remnant church that's about to explode to the whole world. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I thank you for Bruce uh, being here with me now and these two as remnant leaders, never ego-tripping, very qualified in the flesh and in the spirit. I'm declaring by the grace of God that you've let me see, you're gonna use them. That's going, amazing pe- that's going to amaze people. They wouldn't have chosen them, Lord, because you've chosen them. Man, don't see the way you see. I thank you for it. I bless you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Come on and give him praise, all right? Hey, we're going on record right now. We're going on record right now. You heard it, right? So you sons and daughters and you in here, so you get to watch this. You get to watch this. Right, last testimony. I never asked to speak in Promise Keepers. I didn't do one thing to make any of that happen. They called me and asked me. The coach didn't even know me. And then after the coach met me, he said, wow, wow. And then the staff, the leadership staff, they said, who is this Wellington Boone? We, we can get, and then they named the other people they could get. They did it right in front of me. But coach said, I didn't choose him. Can't you hear God with him? That's what's going to happen with him. They're going to say, can't you hear God with him? They're going to be amazed at where he, where he goes to. Because they would have chosen somebody else already high up, somebody already important in their own eyes. But God says, I've chosen him because he's unimportant in his own eyes and he's unimportant in your eyes, but he's important in my eyes. And that's that's what's going to happen, you see. So all of you just keep going for it. Keep believing God. Don't you give up on God. You stay strong affirm what god is doing and become it just become it god bless you i'll see you the next service glory to god thank you bishop boom let's give him a big round of applause this is a wonderful message thank you jesus thank you jesus Okay, we're going to close out right now. We're going to go ahead and uh, meet and break the fast. And uh, don't forget to tune in again at 12 o'clock a la 12 de la tarde en servicio de español con el Bishop Wellington Boone. Dios le bendiga.